Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. John, good morning. We appreciate you joining us here. And obviously, you, you spent most of your career with the Saints, Super Bowl winning team. But the first few years of your career, uh, the New York Jets. Now, you're a Miami guy. So what was it like going from being a, a Miami guy and then you're joining that Jets squad in the midst of a Jets-Dolphins rivalry? What was that like? Yeah, it, it was odd. I had uh, half of Miami hating me <laughs> because I went to the Jets and I tried to tell them I had no choice. It's not like I, I chose to be a Jet, but um, it, it ended up being a very interesting rivalry because I, I was always down here. Uh, my family would all come decked out, like 12, 15 of them come decked out in Jets jerseys to the Miami game. And, you know, people would look and they would say, uh, we, we don't like it, but we got to like it because we respect what he did at the U. Well, I mean, I remember when, when John Vilma was drafted by the Jets. And as someone like myself who, you know, grew up a Hurricane fan, also a Dolphin fan, and from Miami, it, it was a huge bummer to me. I mean, there's, like, there's, 30, there's 32 teams in the league. Like the one, I had nothing to do with it. I had nothing to do with it. I mean, the one team, the one team that we don't want to select him winds up selecting. It was very strange, John. Oh, my God. You know, this feels like a flash from the past because this is what I used to get literally every time I went out in the offseason. They're like, the only team, why the Jets? Why? It sounds exactly the same. So the mentality when you were playing with the Jets was, was a physical mentality. You had a lot of guys on that defensive squad that, that, that were ballers. That you, had, you had really tough guys. You had Bart Scott in there at linebacker as well. Um, you had some really good, strong defensive linemen that were able to ball out and be very physical. So Gase has been talking all week about the physicality of this game, trying not to downplay what's going on with the Miami Dolphins going against the Jets up there being one of the worst teams in football. So can you tell me that, that, that mentality or about that mentality that the Jets' defense has always basically had? Yeah, you know, that mentality, it came from one of the guys that were drafted. You know, they drafted some tough guys ahead. Sean Ellis with me, who he was a dog. You know, John Abram, before he went to Atlanta, he was a dog. And um, these are players that were drafted, and, and we always had that, you know, we're, we're going to be the best defense type of mentality. Then it was coupled with the fact that we knew we weren't going to get a lot of points. So it was one of those that we had to say, look, if we get 14 points from offense, that's a win. And if we can't get... Who do we got there? Is this your daughter? Who do we got? Daughter, son? Who do we got going on there? It, it, it's literally a little kid walking through walking through the airplane saying hello to everybody. Not so yours? Not your kid? No, no, not well, my tell kid. Tell that kid to pipe down. We have a radio show. <laughs> it was hilarious. He, just, he was walking by. He's like, hello, hello. He, he literally said hello to everybody. But <laughs> on another note, uh, we knew we wouldn't get a lot of points. So it was a, a bend, forget bend, don't break. It was if we get 14, then we have to make it work. And that was always our mentality. So we had to be nasty. We had to get off on third down. We had to stop the run because we had no choice. We weren't going to get 27, 30 points a game. Tell me here, John. We got John Vilma joining us here. You know, from a rivalry standpoint, a weekend like this when the Dolphins play the Jets is a big deal. The fan bases, they hate each other. In that locker room, do the, do the players acknowledge that? Do the players care about the rivalry between two clubs like this? 
when, to be honest, when the game has meaning, yes. So if it's early in the season, yeah, it's a rivalry. Teams don't like each other. But one team, the Jets right now, has to find their way. So it's not like they're going to say, okay, now it's a rivalry. We're going to play any better, any tougher this game. They're like, we've got to win. We, we don't want to go 0-3. So the rivalry takes a backseat to the fact that we stink on that. We stink on defense. We stink on offense. Like we got to find ways to win games. Now, fast forward to later in the season, playoff implications. Uh, you know, both teams are humming. Then that's when you're like, you know what, man, it would, one, be good to beat this team because it's a rival, two, it would be that much sweet to beat them and then make a way to the playoffs. So the guy that got whooping caught beside you, maybe you can ask him this. The Dolphins go ahead and bring in a brand-new linebacker, Lawrence Timmons, from a team that is known for their linebackers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, legendary linebackers going throughout the the, the decades of football over there. And then all of a sudden the Miami Dolphins acquire themselves. Lawrence Timmons looking to lead this defense. The night before the game, he doesn't show up to any of the meetings. Bounces out to go visit. Well, do we know what happened though? Does anybody know what happened? Not really. Not, not. I mean, TMZ was reporting that he was trying to get on a flight to go and be back and see his uh, child and his baby's mother. Because I guess baby mama was giving him a little trouble. Doesn't want him to see the kid or something like that. Seems like seems like there's on. baby mama drama. Okay, uh, I mean, he couldn't see the kid anyway. It was a Saturday night before a game. So that's my point. What do you do or what do you say to a guy? For instance, you're the leader of the defense. You're the New Orleans Saints middle linebacker. You're the you're the New York Jets middle linebacker. You're the signal caller. But you just say, you know what? My situation right now is bigger than the team. What does that do to the rest of your teammates or your defensive coordinator the night before a game? Well, you lose all credibility. You lose all respect. Um, if you, I, and By the way, I love Lawrence Timmons. Uh, even from his Florida State days, I thought he was a really, really good linebacker. Uh, this was obviously something that was clearly a personal issue um, that he felt took precedence over anything that was going on with football. You know, I, I, would, I haven't been in that situation. I haven't been in his shoes. But coming from my scenario, as, as I just mentioned, I was like, well, I couldn't see the, the kid anyway on a Saturday night. It's curfew, and I have to get ready for a game. So I would have taken a step back, taken a deep breath, and tried to resolve that issue uh, beforehand. Because the reason why I'm telling you is because that happens, and all of a sudden they're looking for him at LAX airport, but then within 24 hours he wants to get back and start practicing and start playing. Did we lose him? Oh, did we lose hey, No, oh, there, no, there I'm... Yeah, I was trying to avoid some of the little kids saying hi again. So, <laughs> um, and I think that's where he he let the emotions get the best of him. Um, like I said, I don't know what the situation was. It doesn't sound like it was a dire situation. Like his kid wasn't in in you know danger or anything right. like that. Right. So, I think he lost. He got let the emotion get the best of him. Realized. After he calmed down, okay, I need to get back to football. It was just a little too late. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with, like, a, a, a team apology that could really help that situation. I don't know if he's done that yet either. Because, again, as a captain, when you mess up, you have to recognize that, and you have to be the first one to step up and be like, look, my bad guys. I had a, a lapse in judgment, and I'm ready. I'm ready to move. So you, so you do you do think there's a scenario where, like, he can be welcomed back to the team? 100%. But, again, I'm only talking off of assuming that the situation wasn't a severe situation. The kid wasn't in serious danger or anything like that. But if it was something serious, then it's like, look, the hell with you guys. This is is bigger than football, and it is what it is. Right. Let me ask you here, John, before we let you go. Last night, the 49ers and the Rams. The Rams, they scored a ton of points. They're 2-1. 
the head coach is... The 49ers stink. The 49ers stink. But here's the part that's interesting to me. The head coach is 31 years old. And that, to me, is... I mean, I'm five years older than him, and I can't can't imagine stepping in front of an NFL locker room and being in charge. Let's say John Vilma's 34, 35 years old, and his head coach is 31. I mean, is that a weird scenario? Uh, not really. If he's qualified, he's qualified. I mean, I've I've had older coaches that weren't qualified. I didn't respect them because they they weren't good coaches. So if he's a young coach and he's qualified, I'll respect him. As a matter of fact, he'd probably relate better to the players. Uh, look at Adam Gates and what he's done. The players love him. They love Adam Gates because he's younger. He kind of understands what the mentality is for some of the players. And then, you know, he's always said, "I have two rules: just be on time and come to work. Work hard." So. When you make rules or you make life simple for the players and you make the expectations real easy, real clear, real defined, I think it may be easier getting that message across from some of the younger coaches nowadays than some of the older coaches. Where are you going? You going to Connecticut? Where are you off to? Yeah, going to Connecticut. I'm going to act like I know some football and talk a little bit about it come this weekend, so uh, don't take If I pick any games, just go opposite of whoever I pick, trust me. Who, uh, who, who, who's sitting at that desk with you? Who, who are your partners? I got Chip Kelly and Chris Cotter sitting next to me. Chip Kelly? Is that what you said? I got Chip Kelly, yeah. Chip Kelly is a riot, by the way. That's I mean, funny. He, when he was a head coach, he was dull and boring as I don't know what. But right now, man, he, he's actually pretty cool. He's right. pretty cool. That's a, you, you miss sitting next to Butch? You miss Coach Butch? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. Because you got to think, Butch, Butch likes to talk. Butch is a seller because he's a head coach. Coaches, they like to sell you. So I could never get any words in. If he, if he felt strongly about a subject, he would literally go on for the whole time until everyone's in our ear, producers in our ear saying, shut up. Hey, stop. Wrap up. Wrap up. Wrap up. <laughs> time to go. <laughs> so, do you have, I don't know uh, if I missed those days. Do you have, uh, finally here, John, do you have any trash to talk here to Amber uh, with the Florida Gators' big last-second win against Tennessee last week? She was very fired up uh, at the start of this week. Very fired up. Do you have any up. trash you want to talk to Amber over the Gators? Um, no, no trash because the, the Gators are beneath me. I never lost to the Gators. Um, it's like me talking trash to my seven-year-old daughter. Oh, <laughs> well well okay. Well those are fighting words. Very well played. There it is. <laughs> Keep living well in the past and, there. Hey, Romberg, you know you know we're good at that, right, Romberg? We're good. I believe it. Hell there yeah. you go. Yep, there it is. All right, Amber, he put you in your place. Uh, Gators, come on, beneath him. Uh, John, excellent job. Have fun this weekend up there in Connecticut. All right, thanks, guys. All right, thanks, man. There you go. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.